listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the 9to5 Entertainment System. Hey, if you like 90s, and I know you do because you're listening to it, please go to patreon.com slash 9to5cc and uh, support us at either level, either the $1 like tip a month level or the uh, 90s Deluxe level where you get access to Garbage Time, which is a bonus episode that we record after each and every episode of 90s. On this week's episode of Garbage Time, we talk about Inscription, Stephen King, uh, What Makes Comedians Funny, and uh, Johnny Carson and Late Night Hosts, you know? But on this, the main episode, we talk about Star Wars droids, Peter Pan and Wendy. We talk about Picard Season 3, the NHL 2023 playoffs, the state of Toronto real estate, and... And we come to the very uh, original conclusion that cops are kind of bad most of the time. Uh, all this and more on 90s. You want to talk about Star Wars? I mean, well, he, I mean, Scott put his name uh, in the in the chat as as kind of a kind of it looks like a droid designation. And I was saying that he was like, I could talk. But about it is also my name and birth year. Yeah. So I always wondered, right? Droids yeah. in the Star Wars universe. There's like R fives okay. and R twos and whatever else, but they're just like you just call them all. That because they seem to have personalities, right? Like droids are a weird thing in Star Wars, where they they seem to have actual personalities. But you're like every R two, you just call R two, and like, and then if you see another one, you're like, oh shit, where's mine? But they have different personalities, but they're both R two D twos. But they're not. You know, like we only know R2-D2. one R two D two, huh? They're they're not both R two D twos. They're yes, R two they units. But they're not. No, we haven't D2s. seen it. We we just happen to have. It. Okay, so you're saying that there's like a sum total. Of what is it like twenty six times nine astromech droids in the R two unit, like guys, guys, you're not you're not taking this, these thoughts to their horrific moral Uh-oh. conclusions. So when first we meet Luke Skywalker, what is he doing? He goes to the shop to buy a couple of extra droids. Mm-hmm. What happens yeah. when the droids get old? Right, they, their their processing units don't run quite so well anymore, and they get all kinds yeah, of weird all ideas in their heads. So what do you do? You reset them. The first thing he's doing is resetting C-3PO, and he's like, wait, wait, wait. Before you reset him, he has a message on him. You should go and whatever. So so remember, if this, this is individuality emerging from, from these beings, and then the choice is you wipe them back to their starting point because they're easier to deal with. Yeah, 100%. But also, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. In the same universe, I think people are having rom- romantic relationships with these things. Some of them. I think there's pleasure droids. I think there's mm-hmm. a... No, no, no. I know, but I'm, I'm referring to the to the um, the solo movie, right? Doesn't um, what's his face admit to being in relationships with droids, or did he just have sex with them? Lando seems to be into droids. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's that's yeah. a that's a thing. That's his fetish. But I mean, but that doesn't necessarily mean. So, do you think he buys one and then he like he likes it and then it gets a personality? And he's like, mm, no, I'm gonna reset her back to normal. Yes, yes, I think that. <laughs> I think you've just described Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> that's so lando uh, they talk about that in the in what do you call it in detroit become human or whatever where there's like a lot of people have like companion droids and they get like super angry or whatever at them and then they're just sort of like whoops let's just erase last night from your memory banks i'm a nice guy always click click <laughs> like so hey it's not a full I mean, memory wipe but like you know gets angry at the droid beats it up and then just erases last night and is like I guess you fell down some stairs. And then she's like, guess so. Yeah. Anyway, but that's what I'm saying is I think there's I think there's many R2-D2s. We just only have seen one because that's all they'll let us see. So, like, maybe it's just the year of production? Yeah. Like a Hyundai Elantra 2020? Yeah, exactly. That's it. Like, I think there's many R2 units, and then D2 is kind of like the production designation. <laughs> Because like I said, other, otherwise, otherwise the the if you're thinking that D two is what makes him unique, right? That's twenty six times nine droids, and that's all the entire R twos have ever made. There's no way it's got to be a model exactly. Number. That's what I'm saying. And even a model number isn't isn't like you'd think that they would have more. Well, no, we've we've like how many different droid types are there in a, pl- a place with like 
a billion stars that are all populated. Well, it kind of seems that like the astromechs are mostly R2s and R5s, right? Like I think, and and I, but then we also know that there's, I guess, like uh, boutique models like BB-8, who's like tactically an astromech droid, but he's obviously, I think, like a fancy, fancier little ball guy than the R2s or the R5s that are rolling. He rolls around, man. It's a little ball, pops out of the bottom. I think he's like a fancy pants astromech droid, but I think R2s and R5s are... Why are we talking about I was watching Mandalorian in the back. happening with Star Wars? <laughs> I took a bath today, which means I watched another episode of The Mandalorian. They fought pirates. In the yeah, bath. We As we discussed uh-huh. on last episode, yeah. that is my yeah. how and when I watch Star Wars stuff. It's in the bathtub. Yeah, I just watched the pirates episode, Scott. It's a good episode. I like that episode. It's fun. It's piratey. Which is pirate theme because so, my weekend because I watched uh, Peter Pan and Wendy, the new Peter Pan. Huh? How was that? It was good. Scott, did you watch it? No, not yet. No, we it's tried uh, with Archer, and he had little to no interest in it. Weird. Watching Hook. which one? Hook. Were you like son? Hmm. There's a list on the internet of movies, and I put Hook real high. So you're hurting me on the inside. When you tell me that you don't want to watch it, well, I didn't say he was hurting Keith on the inside because I mean, you were involved in that ranking hurting. as well. Yes, and I was the anchor on that ank- ranking. <laughs> you don't like Hook? It's, I haven't seen it in a long, long time. I remember it fondly, but it could be could be not good. No, it's it's fine. I just don't have the same nostalgic attachment to it because I saw it well into my twenties for the first time. Oh, okay. Yeah, you didn't see it as a childhood movie. Yeah, no, Peter Pan and Wendy uh, out on Disney Plus. I mean, it, it's Keith, just to be oh. just to be fair. I also showed him Transformers the movie, and he was out before Prime, before Ironhide died. What Ironhide dies in the first five minutes? Yeah, he he was like he was like Dad. This animation is sleepy not. and boring. Goodbye. And, and as, it's absolutely not sleepy and boring. It still looks gorgeous. I know. But I think that great. what we're seeing here is that perhaps your son is inheriting a little bit more of your wife's demeanor than yours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, he just doesn't have like like a whole year or whatever of watching episodes leading up to that that movie to like build excitement. About but also, it. Marissa hates everything that Scott loves. Yes, everything. <laughs> hmm. There's profound dysfunction implied. She's there. like, get rid of all of your toys. To... Get rid of all of your comics. And those comic books, and we're never watching that Transformers movie. Exactly. Yeah. He's he's into other animated stuff. Like, we we watch stuff together, but Transformers has never been it for him. And I get it. The original series is patchy. Oh, yeah. The original series is, like, borderline unwatchable. Like, other than than the, like, the the key key episodes. episodes. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Like, there's, there's no need. I'm... I've thrown on, uh, I don't know if it's still on Tubi, but for a while it was all on Tubi. Mm-hmm. Like, I've just thrown on, like, random episodes and just let it, like, play while I have it in the background. And, yeah, for the most part, it's filthy it's nonsense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just that, that clip trying to escape. Ah, just falls down a hole because he just <laughs> ran out a door. Stupid idiot robots. Uh, oh man, uh, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, we Peter are just shitting all over robots. <laughs> Start this off. Well, but listen, you like Bakugan, mm. the kid, right? And that's just Transformers. Mm. They're like battling Transformers that you own and possess, and then you're back to droids. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's it. Maybe the, your kiddo likes dr- like likes robots that you can own and possess. Doesn't like free thinking robots like Transformers. He's like, no, I'm the master here. No, I, he's he's more into like weird fantasy, otherworldly stuff. Mm. So like Owl House <laughs> and Star vs. the Forces of Evil and Gravity Falls, like all of that is right down. Yeah, I mean, adventure. You got to leave a bunch of fantasy novels around and see which ones he picks up and which ones, uh, which ones work. Because there's like yeah. so many different ways to go. Wait, but this is like far-reaching. This is like weirdo stuff. Like like Owl House and whatever. This is like this heads into like Lovecraft territory mostly. Like, Does it? Between Gravity Falls and Owl House? Kinda. I don't know them at all. Mm. Gravity Falls, definitely. Gravity Gravity Falls is like super Lovecraftian, and Owl House is still sort of yeah. like, 
another realm that kind of like invades our own and has its own like rules and necromancers and all that stuff and like but it's yeah, also but it's I but mean, it's still like a parallel reality a but it's also a little bit Harry Potter, Owl House. But it's a whole other world, though. Like, Harry Potter is like, the wizarding world is like, exists in our world. Like, Owl House takes place in another plane that has portals into our world. Yeah. Which is, that, that's where I kind of land, like, Lovecraft more than, like, you, like the mists of, uh, whatever, like the dreamlands or whatever the heck it is, you know? Yeah. Really, yeah. John, my god, watch Gravity Falls. It's... Yeah, just buy it. You don't need a kid to watch that show. That show is good. Is it? Um, I, I think I had only ever seen it in like com- in in comparison to Adventure Time. It's like and if, if kind of in a similar vein came out a little bit later. I don't know. The similar first thing similar vein in terms pitch. of like absolutely watchable as an adult, but with just obviously some like kid sensibilities. Like like in that way, it's a similar vein, but like very different in terms yeah. of like theme and and source. Like topic and stuff. Does it skew older or younger? Well, I mean, well, it's skew- yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, yeah. skews older than like early Adventure Time, but maybe a little younger than like Adventure Time finale situations. Because hmm. like the last it's, couple it's seasons bit, of Adventure Time, it's a little bit X Files. It's a little bit um, Pacific Northwest Cryptids, and hmm. yeah, it's good. Like X Files for kids? Yeah, kind of like yeah, like it's yeah. a lot of like Monster of the Week, but then with like an underarching, overarching, I should say, storyline, kind of like being right. told it comes to together me. in a cataclysmic way. Yeah, yeah. In a way that like hmm. I had to watch with with Archer because he could not watch it by himself because it got gets heavy, heavy like, and dark and a little bit Lovecraftian in terms of horror. Well, my kid is about to turn two, you know, you so are. maybe we'll we'll hold off on the Lovecraft. Yeah, it's not. Just, it's not really. You know, if there's a thing. time that it's too early, I'm just gonna gonna yeah. put my foot down on this. I one. wonder about that, that also, like with Adventure Time, right? Because like Adventure if Time, you like, want, early... hang on. Oh. If you want Lovecraftian for two year olds, that's Yo Gabba Gabba. <laughs> what? <laughs> not Lovecraftian. They're just monsters that are just you know teaching you to brush happy and having a good time, and occasionally Bismarcky shows up to teach you how to beatbox. Mm-hmm. That's right. Did you see those footage and, that the fact that the uh some, like that Teletubbies was filmed like on like actual rolling hills in England? Like it's not a soundstage. <laughs> so there's like a couple really? of like set photos and people were like, Jesus Christ, imagine just like driving along through the like the rolling hills of England and just seeing these dudes like ten feet tall, like just like running around, you'd be like, What am I seeing? Because they're super big, right? Like, like, you're just like, I don't know what they're filming over there, but it looks crazy. Oh, man. Where were we? Peter Pan? Peter Pan. Pan. Yeah, Peter Pan and Wendy. Uh, So it's like, um, it's a retelling, as as they all are. It has a little bit, I guess, kind of new stuff to say, a little bit. it, It feels weirdly rushed. Like... It's got an hour 37 or whatever runtime, which I appreciate for a children's movie, and I don't want more. But you're like, they open up certain elements of, like, the Peter Pan lore that like, you're like, oh, you kind of want to investigate that a little bit more. And they don't necessarily, like, they lean into Peter Pan's a bit of a jerk. Uh, they really get into sort of, like, the idea that he is kind of, like, kidnapping these kids to make himself friends. And that, like, every time one of them... I- like I miss my mother. He's like, shut up. There's no mothers in Neverland. <laughs> like, and it is revealed that like James was his first. What James Hook was the first lost boy, and then he wanted to go back to his mother. And Peter kicked him out of Neverland, and he just went sailing out of Neverland himself on a little boat. And that's where he got essentially like lost at sea, rescued by pirates, and then ascended to his captaincy, and then sailed back to Neverland to fight Peter Pan. I'm like, Peter Pan is the villain in this story. <laughs> like, yes. I, I, did, I never actually read it myself, but I'm, I'm, I'm told that that's what it is in the book. He's like, like the, he's a child permanently, but like in a lot of really, really dark ways. Like Tinkerbell dies at some point, and then he, um, somebody asks him about her, and he's just like, oh yeah, whatever, fairies only live a couple of years. There, there's like, and you know, exactly what you said, that the Lost Boys come, and he, as soon as they, they get out of his control, he just like throws them away and 
Yep. Bitchism. 100%. Yeah, yeah so le- leans kind of into that, but then it's sort of, like, it kind of, like, doesn't earn his being like, I guess I'll give them back, and, like, whatever. Like, like because it doesn't have enough time, you're like, oh, you're dealing with some really dark stuff, and it's just like, like, the last, the kind of, the, essentially the last scene in the film with Hook is he's like, think, it's like, all you have to do is, like, think happy thoughts, and he's like, I haven't got any, and, like, falls down. And I was like, so there's, like, no redemption, even, for this guy, huh. who you're like, the only reason he's evil is... Peter Pan kicked him out of Neverland. Like, like you you designed the scenario that twisted him into the monster that he is. Like, it doesn't necessarily ex- make him not a monster now, but it's like, no redemption or real accountability for Peter for, like, making this monster. It's just like, whatever, and then just, like, moves on. I was like, I don't know if this is... Is it, is it kind of acknowledged in a, like, Magic Man kind of way? Almost. <laughs> like... Like it's, I think that he likes like Wendy kind of like cusses him out and gives him what for, and then he like returns the Lost Boys back, and but then just sort of like goes back to Neverland, and like right. Captain Hook is still alive and he's still alive, and I'm like, and the cycle begins anew, like because he like I don't think anybody's learned any lessons. The last thing we saw from Hook were that he was like, I'm still undeniably evil, and like, what's Peter Pan gonna do? He's not gonna have a crew of kids or whatever yeah. anymore. They're just gonna yeah. fight each other forever. It's like one on one. I don't know what this is. But hmm. yeah, it like it has like a very weird ending in that way. You're just like, neat. I guess the kidnapped children are returned, but like Hook is still evil, and Peter Pan seemed to have like barely learned a lesson. So it's over. <laughs> I was like, which I don't know. I don't know how how true or not that the source material it is, but uh, it's fun. Jude Law plays Hook, and Jude Law is good in it. Like it as as I think mm-hmm. most of the Peter Pan movies traditional Peter Pan things like you always Hook is the guy right like even in the cartoon like Hook has so much more personality than Peter Pan Peter Pan's just you know a little kid who flies around and is like super full of himself Hook's the one with the personality hmm. anyway I dig it it's worth watching I mean I wonder how, it's it's a it's kind of weird and dry and British so I wonder how it'll play with like actual kids <laughs> Because <laughs> British people don't have children. No, they have weird little They're British, British children. children. Yeah. The little British children. Save yeah. the children, but not the British children. <laughs> do, 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 do. You know, George Washington. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, worth watching, all that to say. Uh, what else is going on? I'm watching uh, I've watched fun. Picard, season three. Mm-hmm. Like the whole and what'd you think? It was delightful and refreshing after a truly abysmal second season mm-hmm. that you probably don't even need to watch um, but it is saccharine with nostalgia in a way that was like comforting and good and wholly appreciated that it was done in 10 episodes. Like, you could not watch more than what they gave you of this, like, maple syrup pancake vanilla frosting of, of nostalgia. Like, any any more would have been unsustainable. <laughs> and even then, it's a little bit like November 1st, where your, your teeth hurt from eating all the candy. Because they get... Mm. Every every member of the original crew is in this season together. So like it starts off. What with, about with, Wesley? Like, Wesley was in the end of season one, and he is a uh. traveler now. He's not coming back. Uh. But like the 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 crew is back together. What about Tasha so, Yar? She's dead, man. I mean, you said every member. What? <laughs> Get it together, Keith. <laughs> I don't know. You, I, I feel like there's two forces happening here. It sounds like there's like part of this you really enjoyed, and it sounds also like they were they were like a little self indulgent. Those, yes, those two things. They were <laughs> they were very self indulgent, and I enjoyed yeah. it. And but you're like a minute completely... more, and you would have been like eye roll. Yeah, even then, a little bit of eye roll, but like all. Oh. Oh, you guys, you're doing the thing again. Hmm. Like, spoilers, moving forward. Data comes back. (laughs) After dying in the movies and dying in season one. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, Jordy comes back. Um, Beverly Crusher comes back. Worf comes back. Riker's back. Troy is back. And then you find out that um, O'Brien is dead. No, they, they, I mean, they touch a little bit on some of the other Star Treks. Like um, Tuvok shows up for a little bit. From Yeah, but O'Brien um, is TNG and DS9. How to start in TNG. Yeah. He's, he's not he's not there. It's really just like the bridge crew. Dinan. And then Tell me the status of Dinan. She was a lot in season two and is not is yeah. not in season three. So she's in the bad season. But you find out that Jordy has been promoted to Commodore and his main commission right now is restoring old ships for the museum. Mm-hmm. So at one point in the season they're on the run and they end up taking the cloaking device out of the bounty from Star Trek Four. Because they're there and they're just like, hmm, that's that's the ship that Kirk stole. Let's take the cloaking device out of it. Because it's still like, you know, and, breaches the something accords, right? If the Federation yeah. is not allowed to use cloaking devices because of the, the something. The Treaty of Algernon. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Um, and then a bunch of stuff happens. They're fighting the Borg, of course, because it's super nostalgia. And... Um, the Borg is able to infiltrate Starfleet's fleet command, which is like a the hot linking of all the spaceships together that, that ties them together to share information faster. And they're like, we need a ship that's not. And they go back to Geordi's museum base and they're just like, it's like, I've restored the Enterprise D. Look at it. Of course you did. And it's really exactly that. You're like, Oh, Jordy, of course you did. And then they walk out onto the, you know, the beige and gray bridge from almost 40 years ago. And they're all like, ah, oh, this feels good. And like millions of people are about to die. Just kind of like touching the wood. Hmm. Home again. <laughs> like, it's very, I think you guys do not understand sad. the stakes of the situation that we're in here. No, yes, it's my like old ship. Everything's going to be okay. Exactly. <laughs> Don't worry. So we've gotten out of I, stickier situations. I watch uh, pretty religiously the red letter media stuff on YouTube, and those guys are like gigantic Star Trek nerds, and they shit all over Picard so hard. It just it, you know, whatever. But this season mm-hmm. they were positive on. They they were like, yeah, mm-hmm. it was a little self indulgent, but. You know what? It was done with a bit of reverence that was appropriate, and the characters acted like they grew a little bit, each of them in their own little way, and it was like mm-hmm. the perfect send-off. This is what they ended on. They said it was like the perfect send-off to TNG that happened with the final episode of the show, but then mm-hmm. they went and fucked it up by making movies, and all the characters went in these weird directions, and they all had all of this other stuff go on that just like ruined the ending of them. you know. And then yep. this show perfectly... Even, like, yes, a little self-indulgently, but perfectly ended TNG. Which is, like, pretty insanely high praise from these guys who are ready to crucify (laughs) this stuff. Like, you know, they make their money out of crucifying this stuff. So, Season uh, season one was fun and interesting. Season two was confusing and muddled and arduous to watch. Like, it, it drags for whole episodes of nothing happening. And yeah. not just nothing happening, but nothing happening to solve a problem you don't care about. <laughs> and then season three was just like, no, 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 no. It's the next generation again. You're, look, look. It's, is it's that, the, is it the final season? Again. Are they doing a season four? Or are they going to walk away? Like, I, I think this is it. Yes and no. <clears throat> so they introduced a, new, a few new characters in this season. In Jack Crusher who is Beverly and Jean-Luc's son that he did not know about. And that kind of explains where Beverly's been for everything, because she has not been in a lot of the movies and any of the shows afterwards. And Jack Crusher George... sounds like the first attempt at a wrestler naming himself. Yes. Like, yeah, I'm new Jack to the performance Crusher. center. Like, what's your name? Jack Crusher. They're like, well, we need to workshop that. <laughs> That's not a good name. And <laughs> That's a very dumb name. Uh, LaForge has two daughters that are both in Starfleet, and one's an engineer and one's a pilot. Because 
Jordy was a pilot who then became an engineer. So, mm-hmm. obviously. And they end up on Seven of Nine's ship at the end of the show. And then post-credits, Q shows up to mess with Jack Crusher. And Does he make fun if you're doing a show called Star Trek Picard and you've introduced a younger actor who's, you know, Picard Jr., you can take it from there. But it's not going to be the Picard same. doesn't sound right either. Jacques, Jacques Picard. Picard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Jack but anymore. They... I'm Jacques. <laughs> they but should they make it underwater at that point. <laughs> I'm Jacques Picard. Actually, no, hang on. I did it wrong. Because it has to be like, like I'm Jack Jock Picard. Like, I don't know. I'm trying to do like a shitty British accent. It's just like how like Picard is French with a, with Patrick Stewart's accent inexplicably. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Jack Crusher, who was raised by Beverly Crusher and never met Picard until the start of the season, has a British accent. <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they're kind I of setting because it, it, it was for... silly, and then it was true. <laughs> it was true. <laughs> So that's fine. So they set I mean, it up for a spin-off sequel, but it, it wouldn't be the same as it's not more TNG fanfare. Yeah, they can have them pop up every now and then, like in that '90s show, but like it's not about them anymore. Yeah, like on on kids' screens. <laughs> I watched a couple episodes of that '90s. How show. How were they? Yeah, <laughs> they were terrible. fine. Like like it's not terrible. Not terrible. It, it's just that like I'm like, like that '70s show isn't that great. You know, like. It's just kind of like, and that '90s show is just—it's you know the the kids More from the '70s show have kids, and Red and Kitty are around, and they're still like Red and Kitty. So like, there's like it, again, it's kind of, it's like comfort food that I don't really care about. Like we've put it on uh-huh. a couple times, and I was like, okay, this is has the same vibes, but I don't know if we're like nostalgic for the '90s yet, really. This fashion appears to be, I'll tell you that. Holy cow, just like. You know, out and about in the city, warm weather, all that stuff. Just, like, baggy pants and crop tops is, like, what girls are wearing again. And I was like, huh. Just like the 90s. <laughs> like, everything everything is full circle. And I was like, I guess so. That's, like, 30 years ago. These kids are, like... It would be, like, in the 90s, throwing back to the 70s styles, right? So... Mm-hmm. Things and confused. Mm-hmm. 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 Just, uh, I'm waiting for the big revival of 90s Aerosmith music. <laughs> maybe can Aerosmith do it again can they come back once once again Ugh. are they all alive I think Joe Perry and Steven Tyler are that's enough <laughs> that's enough for Aerosmith oh man what else have I been watching anything, anything good I know what uh, Scott has not been watching Okay. No, I haven't been watching that bad movie. Yeah, I know. We're, we're, how many? How many weeks? It's been Before quite a while. We're at the point I think where we have to double up on the assignment. I do think so as well. Right. Next, next episode. If I haven't watched it, I'll acquiesce to doubling up. All right. I'll tell you that right now, we are thinking about just making you watch Nothing But Trouble again. <laughs> if we can find a better solution we'll just be like a second visiting of that's nothing a, but trouble that's a nauseating movie I, I don't know man my my pitch was um what's it called um human centipede, human centipede part two. two the the one that was like way worse but you know i actually think hi uh nothing but trouble again it might be worse. <laughs> yeah, Human yeah. Centipede Two has has the has a like that. There's like a whatever about a minute or two sequence that is up there with one of the mo- the two rapidly vile things back to back in such rapid succession that you're like you you reel from one and then it rewards you with another you're, you're staggered when the next one hits like it's almost comical but it's still like you're like ah oh, no and on and also that to say terrifier 2 is on tubi right now so mm-hmm. maybe we'll sign you up for terrifier 2 <laughs> i don't know i i <clears throat> that's terrifier 2 
<clears throat> that scene that plays on Tubi every time you scroll past it of him sitting in the weird shitty restaurant staring at the two girls. Mm-hmm. It looks so dumb. <laughs> oh, it is. It's quite dumb, but the like the the gore and the kills are like something up, else. Upsetting. They are, they are unbelievably uh, gratuitous. How do you? Yeah, but also like deliberate. Yeah, thoughtful in a way. Like it's it's astonishing how repulsive this film is. And just with like a steady camera, just being like I'm pointed oh, at it. Man. Like no quick cuts, no like no. horror movie. Like you're like here's a well lit yeah. pastel bedroom that I will just shower in blood and gore for minutes. Like it's, it, even well lit, I almost think doesn't doesn't do it justice. It's kind of stark, you know. Yeah, it looks like it looks like the set of an '80s sitcom. Like it doesn't look like a lived-in space. It's so weird. Like you said, so weird and deliberate. All of these like set pieces are just so insane. Yeah. It, it's yeah. not not okay. not okay. Anyway, we're anyway, get on it. Get on it. Get on it. Yeah, I'm watching on it. That's fine. <laughs> uh, so meanwhile, in another type of horror, the Maple Leafs. Have made it out of the first round of the playoffs for the first time in seven years. Mm-hmm. Do they After, have a hope in hell of, of taking the cup? They they kind of like so the three best teams in the league: the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Boston Bruins, and the Colorado Avalanche. So it's like the team defending Stanley Cup champions, like won the Stanley Cup like three of the last five years, and the best regular season of all time, respectively, across those three teams. They all didn't make it out of the first round because the, the playoffs are bananas. So it has le- certainly left a path for the Toronto Maple Leafs to make a make a legit run in that, like, they've made it out of the first round against a team that eliminated from them from the first round last year, and the team that, you know, perennially, like, kicks their ass in the playoffs, the Boston Bruins, are already gone, so they don't have to face them. Did, so did you see does... the Reddit thread? The post-game thread for the Bruins-Panthers game? The number one comment no. was a Toronto fan... It was three one. It was three one. Yeah, five, yeah, five thousand upvotes. Yeah, yeah. The Boston Bruins blew a three one series lead against the Florida Panthers, with having oh, like wow. the like I said, the most dominant regular season in NHL history. Mm-hmm. Like, oof, oof. Uh, and, it, but at the same time, it also does. It definitely opens things wide up for my Stanley Cup favorite, the Edmonton Oilers. Right, like knowing that, yeah, knowing that, like Tampa and Boston is not going to be one of the teams they could face Mm -hmm. if they go all the way. Whoo, like uh, that—that certainly opens things up. But yeah, no, it's been a wild, wild freaking NHL playoffs. I am shocked. I can't believe Seattle won. That's the thing that I can't comprehend. I mean. I like when they were saying it on the Athletic Hockey Show, <laughs> where they were just sort of like, but you're also kind of like, you're watching Seattle play, and you're always like, oh man, they're going to have to like kind of take their foot off the gas at some point. They have to put up the fourth line, and then you're like, no, we don't. We don't have to put up the fourth line. There is no fourth line. All the lines we are... are the same. <laughs> exactly. We have four, two, like, we have four second lines. That's our deal. There are no star players. It's just a war of attrition. <laughs> like... At some point, the other team has to put out their shitty line, and then we will outclass that shitty line. Yep. The thing that gets me is it turns out that Colorado, what they needed to win was Nazem Kadri. And that blows <laughs> my mind. Like They lost Nazem Kadri, and they're like, oh. Perennial playoff liability. Nazem Kadri was the one big difference between last year's cup-winning team and this year's team. I mean, they had a couple injuries also, though. They were missing missing some key players and shit also. But sure, that's like... the number two center. Like, that. that's the big the big difference. <clears throat> that yeah. That is wild. And because he's only Nazem Kadri, he couldn't help his new team to the playoffs. That's <laughs> crazy. The Flames just fired Sutter, eh? I think. That mm-hmm. was, I think I saw that the other day. Or not the other day. Today. <clears throat> the other day in podcast times. I don't know, man. I, I, I'm I'm shocked. I, I'm obviously... I don't even know what's going to happen in the second round at this point. I really like Edmonton's chances, though, at this point. Like, who do they got to get through? Dallas? 
Dallas. Dallas is a Ver- tough team to get through. For sure. But, I mean, the Edmonton Oilers look real good. And and they, they also, I think, found their footing, right, against Vegas. Like, they look like wobbly. And then they were like, and and as of yet, like, McDavid still hasn't, like, exploded. He's had multi-point nights. But he's, he like, they kind of made, like, once they found their footing against Vegas. Uh, not Vegas. LA. 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 Or Vegas. LA. Who played Vegas? Who played against Vegas? Winnipeg. Winnipeg and Vegas beat Winnipeg. Yeah. Once they found their footing against LA, like they still they they handily beat them and they still haven't had like God mode McDavid yet. And like if that if that kicks in, I think it's kind of all over. Not all over, but like it's it's certainly a path to the finals is if they can play like they played against LA and then have start to get like a goal or two a game out of McDavid. Yeah, it was Vegas is is good and Dallas is very good. Yeah. So the the West is not the cakewalk. No, but it's theirs for the taking, I think, considering with the ads yeah. out and whatnot. Like, but I mean, but it, also you would have assumed that the Boston Bruins would have beat the Florida Panthers. So who knows? <laughs> yeah, it's wild. It's, it's it's crazy. Or that you know the Avalanche would have beat the Seattle Kraken. Or that Toronto, like, wouldn't choke in the first round. Or that Freddie Anderson would be the goalie for the, the win That's for, for Carolina. Like, what is going on this year? It's madness. And the Minnesota, are the Minnesota Wild the dumbest coach team in the playoffs so far? <laughs> Putting in Flurry in Game 2 for no reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for no reason. So they have, so the Minnesota Wild, John, uh... I guess famously have like a real tandem in nets. Why am I blanking on his name? Not Gustafson. It is Gustafson. Yeah. It is Gustafson. Yeah. Yeah. Gustafson and Fleury. Uh, And like they, they, it's like, there's no A and B it's there to like, they, they basically split their time completely in nets. So Gustafson has like a lights out performance in the first game. And they're like, yeah, but you know, like it's our thing. We swap goalies back and forth. So Fleury gets the start in game two. Even though you have like a hot goalie who just had a lights out performance in game one, and Flurry sucks, he just like chokes and shits the bed. I'm like, why? Why would you make that decision? It's so bad. It's such a bad and dumb decision. Like it's, when you, it's because everyone likes Flurry. He's a nice guy. No one wants fine. to give him bad news. That's his curse. <laughs> no coach wants to be okay. Like, one of his Stanley Cup wins, he was a backup. Yeah. You don't mind. He doesn't. <laughs> but the coach doesn't want to do it. They're like, oh yeah, you know he's a nice guy. Let's let's get him to start. Look, he brought cupcakes for everyone. God damn it! <laughs> it's the worst. It's so bad. Uh, and then what is it? The is the draft next week? This week? The lottery it's coming up. It's coming yeah. up. Yeah. We'll find out who gets the Connor Bedard pick. That's anyway. gonna be. Anaheim, and it's going to be super sad. Sad Anaheim. Mm-hmm. He's wow. going to go play in California. He's going to be a big American star, and a market we'll never see, and play super late at night. It's going to be sad. Did you see that infographic of like states and provinces with the logos of who is Googled the most? Mm-hmm. Hmm. So. What's weird, though, is that California, it's Anaheim. It's not the Kings, and it's not San Jose. It's Anaheim. It's the most Googled hockey team in Florida. It doesn't tell you... Not Florida, California. Like, it doesn't tell you what was the Googling. So it might have just been like, is Anaheim still a team? Like, <laughs> Why does Anaheim suck? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, they're a very, very bad team this year. But I, was like, I thought that was really goal. weird. I... Hmm? It's, it's a combination of the Michigan goal... And of them being such big sellers this year that people are maybe. looking up for cap friendly all the time. Yeah, maybe. Like no I know also the cap friendly. The one that blew my mind with like multi state appeal apparently was Minnesota. Like Minnesota popped up all over the place. Like including states like like just like random states. I was like, are they the everyman team? Like if you don't have a hockey team, do you cheer for Minnesota? And I was like, You might. You might like 
Because it's like it's kind of like it's a state and not associated with the city. Whereas I think a lot of people are like will hate the city to be like, ugh, Detroit. But you're like, can I legitimately say I hate all of Minnesota? <laughs> you know, like it's like I don't know. I think that might be a thing. They might have they might have tapped into the like I, the casual hockey fan from like New Hampshire or whatever. It's just like I don't want to cheer for any of the New York ones, but I'll cheer for the Wild. New Hampshire has to be Boston. They're so close. It's gotta be. Yeah. You would think. I have to look it up. I don't have it. The other, the other thing is that the, that Russo guy, he's such a big, crazy, popular writer. Also true. Like, Mike Russo? I think it's Mike Russo. I think it's Mike Russo. Yeah. He's, he's a sports he's writer. The guy who started the, the Athletic? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And he's from, he covers the wild and he's just got a huge online following. All the other reporters there joke, like when he posts an article, he he dwarfs their statistics and comments and like all the metrics because his fan base is gigantic. Yeah, like he has a direct fan base. Like it would be like a, like he, like I think that, and if he like, I feel that if he like jump beats, people might follow him. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like if he was suddenly like, I'm going to follow this other team. It was like, like, it's not just like, these aren't Minnesota fans. These are Mike Russo fans that are yeah. following him around. Which is fair. Yeah. You know, like I'm, I'm a Sean McIndoe fan. I read his stuff. And I yeah, but he covers the whole league. Fan. So it's pretty, pretty readable. Yeah. Oh man. I wonder if he's going <laughs> to, there's going to be like time for the victory lap. And he'll be like, no, <laughs> Please, it's no. never time. Did, it's did never you, time for the victory lap. Did you see Dangle? Until, no. Oh, his reaction to the end of the game was just ear-splitting. I'll bet. You, you I think the most, the worst his... thing that I've seen coming out of the playoffs was a, a Toronto Maple Leafs fan who was dunking Twizzlers in a little thing of mayonnaise while watching the game. And I was like, this is why everybody hates you, Leafs fans. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's like a guy sitting there watching the game just like dunking his Twizzlers <laughs> into mayonnaise. And I was like, ugh. Yeah, like, why? We had the pizza guy. When Montreal went on their run, we had that guy on Reddit who was like, I ordered pizza and they won today. We're like, cool. Order pizza every game. Exactly. Hmm. That's fine. That's, That's okay. Fine. It's, it's pizza. A pizza. <laughs> and like, what's his name? Uh, Dandino. Dandino? Yeah. Dandino. I had the pizza. I like to have pizza. No. Phil, Phil Dino. Phil Dino, not Dandino. Dandino's yeah. another player. Phil Dino. He was like, I go so love when he did the interview with the pizza. Then he got pizza's endorsements. It's fine. It's not Twizzlers and mayonnaise, Scott, because that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope our Leafs is forcing this guy to do that every game because this is his. Lucky. This is your cross to bear now. Yeah. What, what is the circumstance that this was filmed? Is this like in his house or is this? No, uh, he was like at, at I think he was actually in the fan zone outside of the ACC. Like he's like leaning up against a guardrail. And it's like, cause like they cut, they cut away to like fans watching the game during the game to like show the crowd. And he and, was and like Twizzlers and Mayo. Mm-hmm. And he was just sitting there like dunking it and eating it while he's up there staring at the screen. Wow, wow, wow. But he was front row, so it, it is possible that he may have been, like, attempting to go viral with his right, display right. of disgustingness. Right. Uh, but speaking of Toronto, did you see that TikTok uh, that Slim shared? No, I didn't. There's a... There's, I forget. It's called, like, Millennial something or other or whatever. So it's, it's a guy who looks up real estate listings uh, in oh, Toronto okay. and, and clicks through them and then finds, like, what they're asking for. And then finds real castles in England that are asking for the same price. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, he's, like, he's like, here's a listing. It's got many pretty murals on the outside because the whole place is like tagged. <laughs> he's just like going through it and he's like, he's like, this goes for a totally reasonable $2.8 million. Let's go to Scotland where this 40 bedroom <laughs> castle on five acre estate complete with oil heating and 900 bro- 900 megabit per second broadband internet is also going for 2.8 million dollars. <laughs> it's like oh amazing. Yeah, it's it's like upsetting to watch. They had there was a place that was going for 1.8 million dollars and didn't have a functioning toilet. 
Because it was just like, I mean, obviously, I assume you're just paying for the plot of land at that point. Like, the idea would be that you're going to demolish it and turn it into an investment because it was probably, like, prime location or whatever. But he's like, but as the listing, you have to understand that $1.8 million does not get you a toilet. <clears throat> it's fucking crazy. And it's not just, it's not just like, you know, the amount of your money that gets thrown at that. It's the amount of savings you're not able to make over all of your lifetime paying for that. I remember my, I have a cousin, right? Like who lives way downtown Toronto and he Mm -hmm. came over when I was living at the treehouse, and he was like, if this was like, you know, in Toronto, it would be three, four times the price. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, like I know that, uh, when we had, uh, when we had Phil helped us with our web design who came over and came to my place, he was like this, my house in Vancouver. And this was like, five six years ago even he's like this house in vancouver this like located this close to downtown like you can kind of see it from the roof and everything he's like you're well over a million dollars in vancouver mm-hmm. like just just yeah. easily and this is like an 800 something square foot place like it's not, not I, i'm very happy with my home don't get me wrong but i do not think that i would be happy if i paid a million dollars or more for this house and like yeah. you said it's like that's every mortgage payment is money that i'm not putting into savings every mortgage payment that i'm paying off is not even barely touching my principal because of interest and everything. Like it's like the, it's just you're just monstrously in debt. You're never gonna like you're never gonna be mortgage free on a two million dollar mortgage. What are you talking about? Yeah, bananas. Anyway, I don't know. Hopefully the the I don't know the market crashes and we end up in Mad Max. Is that is that the hope? Is that what we're hoping for? <laughs> just a little purge. It's a little, a little, a light, a light purging. A it's lunch hour purge. Uh, it, a what? A lunch hour purge. Lunch hour purge. All crime <laughs> is legal for an hour. <laughs> Lock your doors. Ah. But it, it's so weird to me because it seems like so easily. It seems so easily regulated, where you could just like say like, nope, this isn't how the like you you put a cap or whatever on the on property value and you're like that mm. you know what i mean like it, i i know it's hard it's a than pretty that. complicated problem <laughs> well sure but that's what i'm saying but it just it seems that it's something that could be regulated <laughs> and isn't <laughs> you know what i mean like like if we approached housing like healthcare or something you know what i mean where you're just sort of like oh yeah there's a certain amount of profit that you're allowed to put up so you can't actually charge someone ten thousand dollars for insulin that's just that's just not allowed like i know that's yeah. how it works in america but like you know well, what I mean? Like I feel, I feel there's a there's a solution there. Obviously, I'm not a economist and whatever, but I feel there's a solution where everybody makes a bunch of money, but it still like maintains some amount of common man affordability. It's it's tricky. It's really really tricky. It's like the, a lot of the time you think about inflation as being a purely negative thing, but then. There's like it provides an important function of keeping incentive for people to keep their money moving around. Yeah, you know, and it's like it's not necessary. You know, there there are consequences that are negative and there are consequences that are positive. The, I think the the like the big problem is that we're we we kind of like expect that the money that we put into our home is going to be part of our retirement strategy. Mm-hmm. You know, and like any anything you do to change the system on the fly is going to leave like a ge- two generations of people without their retirement savings going to be very 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 unpopular yeah yeah but at the same time i feel that like our future generations don't get to own houses so i feel that that's kind of the the worst situation just in in montreal it's regulation and taxation of unoccupied or unlived in properties Mm -hmm. it's there's what how many um rental units Airbnbs are there in Montreal? Yeah. Like, the number is, is staggering, right? It's like 18,000, 20,000, something like that. That's, that's yeah. crazy. In a wildly unregulated and woefully undertaxed way. Like, they're not, they're not yeah. taxed like commercial properties are, and they are, you know, not lived in by people who live in the city. Airbnb is such a bummer. <laughs> no, because you know, it was like, it's a good idea. And if it is not like your primary revenue source, it was like a cool concept to be like, oh, I'm, I'm gone for a week. 
I can rent my house out for a week and everybody's okay. But you're like, no, I'm going to use this taxation loophole and my side hustle suddenly becomes more profitable than actually owning a hotel. And you're like, wait, something something went wrong here. And in doing I mean, so, I picked up, you know, uh, prime real estate locations. 120 apartments that it's way easier not to have people live in them. So now those 180 yeah. families just go squeeze in somewhere else. Yeah, as, as a landlord, why would you ever have a, a normal rental property where I have to deal with a regular tenant and a regular whatever versus I can just mm-hmm. do short-term rentals, make a shit ton more money than a month-to-month rental, and I don't have to deal with their issues. I don't have to deal with, oh, they, I can raise my rent next week. I can just suddenly make it, oh, I'm going to increase my rent by 10 times because it's Grand Prix weekend. Hey, yeah. I can just do that, and I don't have to you know, deal with any of the regular things that would you know, dictate my landlord tenant relationship. I would like a lease. Like, I, I, under, I understand as a landlord, why you would do it. <clears throat> and it sucks. Think, <laughs> like, think about how much insurance money you get to avoid paying, how much like legal protection for the consumer of a hotel that just disappears because it's a whatever rental, you know, and there's no legislation mm-hmm. surrounding any of it. I feel like from front to back, it was a scheme to exploit that, that gap in legislature. Yeah, which I mean, I think was it's a, but it's the same thing as Uber, right? Like Uber sure, was sure, sure, Uber right. was circumventing like taxi licenses, mm-hmm. and this is circumventing like landlord rental agreements and whatever. The, the tough part about the Uber one, like Uber is pure pure scumbaggery, but yeah. all of those taxi licenses also were a, like a, a terrible scumbaggery. terrible Ooh. scumbaggery themselves, and also like they were not like Uber was not wrong when they were saying that the taxi industries all over the place were fucking garbage and needed to be yeah. needed apps and to get into the twenty first century and whatever. And the, there's it's such a shame it was them. And there's there's not more or less cars available to other people who need to drive. Yeah, like, exactly. People still <laughs> need true. a place to live. It's not like all of these Airbnb places were like, well, the only way to get into it is by constructing a new building. No, they were taking existing buildings. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. what they're doing is like imagining that they bought all the taxi cabs and only taxi cabs could act as taxi services yeah, and you're like I want to buy a car too bad they're <clears> only taxis and you're like oh but oh, I just kind of want to own a car I need one for work then you have to use a taxi yeah. like, but taxis are so much more expensive than owning a car too bad oh yeah it would be that yeah ah <clears throat> this is this is late stage capitalism right that's the that's how all this works I don't know when you say late, it sounds like there's like a finish that's coming around the corner. I feel like there's not so many... Well, there's so many other dystopian futures available to us. <laughs> you know, that there there's like the corpocracy could win to a large degree. And yeah. If they haven't already. If they haven't already. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, I think that, that that that's the thing, right? Is there you're gonna as soon as they start to privatize major public services, will be the like, oh, oh, like that's that's the big one. Yeah, that that's that's where we get into death race scenarios. I don't know. Do you think if they came for Medicare, people would uh, would take to the streets? Damn, they already are, though, kind of, right? Like they're like it's a strong movement in Canada is to try to do like a, a two a two system two-tier medicine. Yep. Yeah, yep. that's yep. it. Like two tier. I medicine mean, it's is... already here for sure. For sure, I'm sure you guys have taken advantage of maybe not you, Scott, but. Keith, I'm sure you oh. went and got an X-ray or whatever, something at some point. Yeah, because yeah. well, yeah. my insurance would pay for it. So, yep. And that's, uh, yeah, that, I mean, it's coming. But I don't think, do we, we don't have two-tier emergency services. Scott might know this more, do we? Like, you can't go to a private emergency room. I don't think there is one. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying, is I don't think we're there yet. I mean, did that you hear what crazy. Ontario did with their cops? Doug Ford passed uh, legislation saying that police officers to be considered candidates for the academy don't le- need post-secondary education anymore. Right. <laughs> That's what I like to think about is less educated cops. <laughs> right. And, and police academy in, in Ontario is 12 weeks. So like you finished weeks. high school and now you're going to learn the letter of the law, the laws of the road, how to drive like a cop, like the special driver's education. Yeah, defensive driving or whatever the heck they call it there. Um, so, like, the, the, theoretically, like, psychology 101. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, okay, okay, but surely they're not running right? around on the street with a gun after 12 weeks. 12 weeks, John. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's short, dude. I know I know an Ontario cop, and he got to have a gun pretty much at 12 weeks. Was he put onto, like, assignments where he was expected to use it? No. Like, there's, like, reasonable dispatch of jobs. He was, like, the first job that he was... His, his patrol was, like, student campuses and stuff as a cop, but... Still has a gun, and like, what if he sees a fight or sees whatever, and he's a big dumb idiot because he's had yep. you know three months of training. <laughs> like, this is this is how you end up with cops putting their knees into people's necks because they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Oh man, was that little? There was that weird comic. <laughs> they're like, okay, we're gonna go in there. Like, like Johnson, you be good cop, I'll be bad cop, and Johnson's like, got it, and he's like, Ooh, and like disappears. <laughs> And then they're like, what? And they're like, there's never been a police officer named Johnson. They're like, what? <laughs> I, I mean, one like... of the cops that shot Brianna Taylor in the States got a job as a cop. Because while they did dismiss him from his police force, they didn't revoke his license to be a police officer. And he just moved oh, to another town okay. and got another job as a cop. The one, the one that fucks me up is the one where the guy, um, there was a video of it. So the cop, the cop, he's like in a hotel. The guy is there with a gun. But it was like a BB gun or something that somebody saw, so it was nothing. And the guy was a little drunk, and the cop has his rifle on him, and he's, like, giving him all these conflicting orders and yelling at him. And the guy is lying on the floor with his hands behind the back of his head, and he's just, like, confused and scared. And then he doesn't do something the cop tells him to do, and the cop just, like, executes him, lying on the floor, facing him. And they made this huge fuss about it, and this guy actually got fired um, and lost his pension before... um, it's like one of the very, very few who actually went through and actually had real sort of repercussions. Yeah. And then um, some some like another force hired him back within the like three week window or whatever that was necessary to secure his pension. So he gets off and he gets his pension back anyway. And then on top of that, he gets his gun back on the side that has like a body count tracker on it. It's like the guy is pure sociopath and they still go and defend him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fine. And, and Ontario is removing the need for a post-secondary education to become these yes. people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's like we talked about it with with Montreal, where Valerie Plant is like the, the the progressive mayor and whatever else, but everyone has called for body cams on the Montreal cops, and she's been mm-hmm. like, "Nope, impossible. How could they do their job with a body cam?" I'm like. What? <laughs> like it That's just like horrible. Like body cams on cops is such an easy like it's not a solution, right? Because like terrible things I feel would still happen. They would still cover them. They would still but I'm like it's a no, 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 no. It's if, the, you, the, if you make it cultural, if the thing is covered, the cop loses everything. You Oh yeah, you but that's what I'm saying, but it's like but they, we, we know how cops would work cuz they would still have a million back doors. But I'm saying but it would just be like absolutely I want them to have to like jump through a hoop or think I don't want to be recorded in this moment. Like just that alone. Yeah. <laughs> Would be like I made an. I have to think that I'm being recorded, and somehow, like you said, if it's properly legislated and it's like if you cover it or whatever else, because I mean, like whatever they say that you can't cover it, it's it's against the rules. Or then they would say, oh, there was a malfunction or whatever, and then they yeah, okay, okay. Faith, but then like, what you make it is anything that you did that was not recorded is not admissible in court. And- <laughs> They'll, they'll never lose the you know the cameras are or whatever recorded. exactly that's it. It's like you yeah. you can have one malfunction. Because you're two people, maybe, right? So your other guy has to keep it on. You know what I mean? Like, like, because like, I, we work in IT that we know that nothing has like a hundred percent uptime. You know, but it's like you're, you're two people. If both of them are out, you'll, you got to come back, come back in. You know, like that's it. And and you'd have. I'm just saying, any amount of forcing that would be an improvement. And then, like you said, from there you can make it cultural and like ramp up that that's part of the job. But you have to still take that Valerie first step. Valerie Plant also let the developers of the Children's Hospital get off without doing their um, their low cost housing. There was supposed mm-hmm. to be a whole other tower that was going to get built, and they weaselled out of it on her uh, mm-hmm. under her watch. Because deep down, she's still a mayor of Montreal, mm-hmm. <laughs> where that job just has you know a little corrupt, like written in parentheses underneath it. A mayor of Montreal, at least a little corrupt. Did I, did I tell a, you guys about the cop that I ran into in Alexis Neon? No. Did he get hurt? Just just, just mo- marching around, you know, hand on the the pommel of the gun and the, the, the flashlight. 
She was five foot tall and maybe 90 pounds, wearing body armor and the full uniform, one hand on the hip, on the, the hilt of her gun, one hand on the flashlight, just kind of strutting around, making sure everything was taken care of. And I've never been more certain of a cop that I knew nothing about that their career was going to, at some point, involve murdering someone. <clears throat> like, tiny, tiny person. And I'm not saying that every cop needs to be, you know, the Terminator. I that any, any cop who walks around with their hand on their gun at all times, like in a mall, it's just you're like, what are you waiting for? You know, like the the, the big bad guys here are Jay and Silent Bob. Like, exactly. That's, like, <laughs> that's the nefarious people of the mall. It's maybe okay, some okay, stoners. Okay. Come on. Come on. I, I know everybody loves to get the hate boner on for, for the cops these days. Just just for a second, do, think of all your friends who worked for a long time in IT mm-hmm. taking shitty telephone calls, right? And you hear the same complaint. You ask them to recycle the same modem over and over and over again. You you like it's not it's like absolutely human. The only people you're speaking to all day are idiots about tech. And you get cynical and bitter about the fucking users and the and like it's it's so human. And then imagine that same experience where, like, literally every person you interact with all day, every day, is either trying to lie to you to get out of something stupid that they did, or they're trying to fuck with you because you're a cop and they think they can score cool points for fucking with a cop. Or you, you like, all the videos you see of they stop somebody to give them a, a ticket and they get fucking executed with a gun out of the out of the window. Like, imagine living with that every day. I, I get it that... Then you need better training. You need better training so they can put up with that. For any of this to be possible, for like Mm -hmm. obviously things need to change. But I like the tiniest amount of sympathy. Okay, but but John, no one one wants to be a cop. I want you to think about all those people that that worked at the call center taking calls from from people trying to help them with their internet, and try to remember any of them that had debilitating stutters, that just were unable to complete a full sentence because they, they had a speech impediment. That was like just just crushing. Yeah. And you can't think of too many of them because those people didn't go into call center work. And this tiny little person deciding to become a police officer mm-hmm. and having to go and break up bar fights or move along, you know, the, the, the drunk homeless person who who is gonna look at her and just be like I'm not going to listen to you. You're a doll. Mm-hmm. And she's going to end up executing someone because she's going to get into a situation where she was like, my life was in danger because anyone who is of average height and weight poses a fucking terminal threat to her life. If they're showing any forms of aggression. I, I also know that if I swore, if I like really <laughs> swore at a customer in a call center, I'd be fired. That is, does not seem to be true of cops. When they screw up, they don't have I mean, to be fired. You that's are a pretty big problem. Right? That that's a fucking disaster, and it's it's like a disaster that they do anything that generates revenue. Yeah, like that should not be a thing. You know, them keeping any of the money that whatever they gain from from you know, there's many many yeah, many. Like part, like part of the operating budget has to be like like tickets and stuff, like ticket quotas and shit. You're like that's not law enforcement anymore. That's you're 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 like, incentivized you've incentivized penalizing your population there is exactly zero need for that anymore zero yeah. none every car already has the tracking on it to know exactly where it is there's mm-hmm. like you you drive from location a to location b the streets have a you know the the, the appropriate time everybody could get automatic tickets tickets mm-hmm. we can even just put speed limiters on all the cars no problem yeah like i said we do that in in, in logistics trucks cannot go over the speed limit yeah like they just can't do it it's just it's over uh this was a pretty much the 90s this was like a whole hour of 90s time that flew by it was a very good Tune episode in. of geek talk and politics yeah that's it i i here are my notes star wars droids peter pan and wendy picard season three nhl playoffs toronto real estate cops are bad i think that that's the show <laughs> Uh, tune into Garbage Time, where I will talk about uh, a roguelike card game called, I think, Inscription. Mm-hmm.
Hi, thanks for sticking around to the very end of this show. That means you're our number one fan. As our number one fan, maybe you're wondering a way that you can show your support for this. We've set up a few ways, and the boys are going to tell you about it now. If you like this show, you might know other people that like this show, or maybe they'll like some of the other stuff that we're doing on the website. If that's the case, you can tell them all about it using all of the social networks, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of those. Or you could just you know, send people links directly to the website. Or if you live in a world without the internet and you only listen to podcasts, you can tell people about it with your human mouth. There's other ways we could support us, John. If your interest in supporting us extends to the financial section, you might consider patreon.com slash 9to5cc. If you go there, you can get perks like early content, you can get your questions answered on the air, and you could get extra art. We've been doing this show for a long time, so we kind of know what we're doing. Not really. 905.cc. <laughs> Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.